Amen. Y'all can take a seat. Hello. Y'all doing good? Um, just to introduce myself, I'm Josh Rainha. I help here with, with worship and also with the community groups that we do. And today I have the privilege of bringing the message, um, which is a cool thing. Um, but before we get into things, I'd like to pray uh, before we try and focus in on anything or start writing notes or you might already be getting distracted right now. So I'm going to bring you back in and let's pray. Lord, we just thank you for allowing us to be here. And we pray that in this time of hearing your word and later on in our time of C group, that we can just focus on your name, that you would speak to us, open our eyes, our hearts, our minds to you. And please just bring us in, Lord, and remove all distractions. In Jesus' name, amen. So last week, Marcus talked about worship, right? We kicked off this new series talking about being wired for worship. And the, the three main points he gave were, we said that God is worthy of worship because of who he is. God is worthy of worship because of what he has done. And you were wired to worship, created to worship, right? Now, without any context, I want you to watch this video real quick. That was just random. There's no point to the video. No, um, that featured myself and Eli. He might have looked a bit different. It was three years ago, but um, <laughs> but hey, that was a fun, amazing game. Like I'm a, a huge Cowboys fan. So is Eli, and there might be some others in the house. I don't know. Boo Texans, eat on. I don't care if y'all made the playoffs. Um, so in that game, I can remember, I remember first half, we were terrible, absolutely terrible. I was like, man, we just wasted our money. What are we doing here? And then second half, they picked it back up, made a comeback. By the end of the game, we were tied and we went into overtime. I was like, no way, man, am I, am I about to witness this amazing game against the Eagles, which that's one of our rivals if you don't know anything about football or the NFL. So it's a huge game. And I remember first possession, we took it all the way downfield. And my man, Jason Witten, was wide open in the end zone. He caught the football, touchdown, game over, Cowboys win. And man, I was so, so happy. That, that probably didn't even re like show how excited I was. I was just like blown away. And yeah, it was a fun game. It was amazing. The Cowboys had a terrific run that season. It ended poorly. But all that to say, now stick with me. I'm going to get back to the video. Last week, we talked about being wired for worship. We're wired to worship God. And many of us end up worshiping other things. Even something as common as being a football fan a devout fan to whatever team or maybe a hobby of yours can disrupt what holds value in your life. 
our love for football or any other hobby can become what we call an idol, taking the place of God. Now, I know that just took a really serious turn, um, but stick with me. So today we're going to talk about how God is greater than our idols. All right, let's recap again back to week one or the week one of this series. True worship is a valuing or a treasuring of God above all things. Okay, we got that definition last week, and I wanted to say it again so that's stuck in your brain. That's what true worship is. It's a valuing or a treasuring of God above all things. And more so, true worship is a matter of the heart. We just finished singing some great worship songs. You know, it was an awesome time of prayer. Some of you may have been lifting up your hands or moving to the beat or just singing out loud, had your eyes closed, whatever that looks like for you. And all of that is great, and it's a perfect example of an external expression of our faith or a public display of worship, which are great things. But that can all be in vain. Now, if you don't know what vain means, vain is producing no result, useless, zero, nothing. That's basically what vain is. So vain worship would practically be nothing. It's not worth anything. It's trash. It's basura. You can tell I've been working on my Spanish. Basura. I got that one down. Now, Jesus says in Matthew 15, 8 through 9, This people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. In vain do they worship me. So we can be honoring him with our lips, raising our hands up, singing the loudest that we can. But if our heart isn't matching that, then there's something wrong there. And ultimately, that worship means nothing. Okay? Here's a quote um, that I found that I thought really explained what, what I was just trying to get at right here by John Piper. You can do as many deeds as you want and go to as many church services as you want and never be worshiping if, if it is all external and nothing is happening in your heart toward God. All true worship is, in essence, a matter of the heart. So if your heart isn't worshiping God, then you must be worshiping something else. Right? So if, if God isn't the center of your worship, then there has to be something else in your life. You must have an idol in place of God. So you're probably committing adultery. Now, let me jump to this next verse right here, Colossians 3, 5. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexually immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, a covetousness, which is idolatry. Let me show you this picture. There it is. Golden calf, right? I think maybe for a lot of us, sometimes when we hear the word idol or, or idolatry, we immediately think of some like weird statue that people are bowing, ta- bowing down to, lighting candles around, right? And you may be thinking, that's weird, man. I'm not going to worship a calf. Like, I, I eat meat. I don't-, I don't worship it, right? But get me, there's more to idolatry, more to idols than just a statue. Like, you're not wrong. That is an idol right there. That's a perfect example of an idol in the Old Testament, 
The Israelites thought that they could get something better than God and that they needed to move on from him. And they created the statue here, right? But there's more to it. So you might be saying, like, that's weird. It's a calf. I'm all good. I don't worship a calf, so I'm, I'm not in the idolatry zone. But stick with me. What is idolatry? Now, in the last verse, it covered covetousness, right, which is idolatry. Now, it's a, dis- a disordered love or desire, loving more than God, what ought to be loved less than God, and only for the sake of God. That might have been a lot of words but simply, it's idolatry. And idolatry is the worship of something or someone other than God as if it were God. So idolatry is when you put anything, whether it be a person or something above God in your life. So what's an idol, right? If we're talking about idolatry, we gotta know what exactly we're committing. So it's a thing loved or the person loved more than God wanted more than God, desired more than God, treasured more than God, enjoyed more than God. It could be a girlfriend or a boyfriend. It could be grades, um, approval of other people, success, sex, hobbies, music, or the Dallas Cowboys. Now, and the, the (laughs) the list can go on and on. And just as worship starts in the heart, idolatry does too. Now, I don't know if you remember, but the first point I made was that worship is in essence a matter of the heart. It starts in the heart, but so does idolatry. Listen to this quote right here. Idolatry starts in the heart, craving, wanting, enjoying, being satisfied by anything that you treasure more than God. If you're saying you can't live without your boyfriend or girlfriend, you may be idolizing that person. If you're saying, man, I I live for the approval of other people, like that's what brings me joy, that's what keeps me going, you may be idolizing approval. If it could be a career, maybe even in high school or middle school right now, you have this dream career in mind and that's all your effort is going to. That's all your thoughts and, and work and everything you do is going to that right there. Man, if I can just get that job, you may be idolizing that dream. It could even be this, the time that we spend here worshiping or um, just coming here on, on Wednesdays or Sundays. And all you care about are your responsibilities within ministry that you're forgetting to treasure God himself. Now, let me say that again. Yes, you can find idols here in the church. If you're here and you're involved or you'd like to be involved, that's a great thing. Serving is an amazing thing. But if we're so worried about responsibilities and and it's more about getting that and being busy in that than it is about treasuring God, then there's an issue there. So you might ask like, well, why why do we have to give up idols? Why can't God and other things in your life may like coexist because we're commanded to let's go back to colossians 3 5 again i'm going to hit it again put to death therefore what is earthly in you which is idolatry 
I'm just going to skip to that because we're covering idolatry. Put it to death. That's pretty straightforward. So that's why we can't have idols in our life, plain and simple. Now, if we're going to talk about not having it, then we got to know the consequences of it. The danger of idolatry. If you read past verse 5 in Colossians 3, you see the danger of idolatry. Verse 6 says, on account of these, the wrath of God is coming. So the consequence of idolatry is the wrath of God. A wrath that comes from a perfect, holy, and just God. Now that sounds super harsh, but man, God is a loving God. And he is inviting us to step into his kingdom. But if he's a loving and perfect God, that also means that he's a just God. And that means that we have to face his wrath if we're willing to put an idol before him. Okay? Let me go to this passage. Some of you may be familiar with it. It's about this rich young man in Matthew. Matthew 19, verse 16 through 22. I'm just going to read through it and just stick with me. If you have your Bible, open it up. If not, it'll be on the screen here. And behold, a man came up to him saying, Teacher, what good deed must I do to have eternal life? And he said to him, Why do you ask me about what is good? There is only one who is good. If you would enter life, keep the commandments. He said to him, Which ones? And Jesus said, You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness. Honor your father and mother and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. The young man said to him, all these I have kept, what do I still lack? Jesus said to him, if you would be perfect, go sell what you possess and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven and come follow me. When the young man heard this, he went away sorrowful for he had great possessions. All that to say, this man followed the rules. He did the right thing. He even asked, well, Jesus, I've done all those things. He outwardly expressed his faith, right? His obedience to God. But he walked away sorrowful because he wasn't willing to give up what he was putting before God. His possessions were taking place of God's place. And that's when the wrath of God comes in. He cut himself from an everlasting life in Christ. Now, before you get all freaked out, now, as a follower of Christ, you have been freed from the wrath of God. Christ is, has already covered your sin, so you're also free from idolatry. Read this, just if, if you don't believe me, in Romans 5, 8 through 9, but God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since therefore we have now been ju justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. So there you go. We have that promise as followers of Christ. And we have been set free in that. But even though we have already been freed from our sins and our desires are now for the Lord, we must always be on guard against the temptation of idolatry because the reality is we're still human we're still in this broken world so as Christians we can't pretend that temptation is above us and isn't going to creep in and disrupt our worship because it will but we can stand firm in Christ 
we can continue to pray and abide in his word, knowing that we've already been freed. And also remember that idols are temporary. This is huge because if you're holding on to these things and saying, but I don't want to let go, they're temporary. Everything but God will pass. In Psalm 102, 26, it says, as for the heavens and the earth, they will perish, but you will remain. They will all wear out like garments. You will change them like a robe and they will pass away. That simply means everything but God isn't going to exist anymore. Everything but God will pass. Now, I, I may be a super devoted fan to the Dallas Cowboys, but I can't worship that. They'll, they'll fail me. They have failed me. <laughs> and I might always say like, man, Cowboys, baby, true blue, ride till I die. But the truth is, they're not riding with me till death. That's not going to happen. Or your, your boyfriend isn't going to be with you till the end of times. Your grades aren't, your success stories aren't, the rich man's possessions that we just talked about, his possessions aren't. These things won't stick around, none of it. As important as you think that they are. And if you're saying, man, like I live for myself, my purpose is in me, man, can I, in the most loving way possible, can I say your purpose has already failed you? If your purpose is in you, it's already failed you because you fail every day. That's the reality of being a human. We fail, we make mistakes every day. Idols are temporary. The wrath of God isn't. God isn't. So let's worship a loving, powerful, everlasting God. So what now? Simply give your idols to God and worship him. If you're worshiping another God, repent. Or in other words, turn away. Turn to the one true God and follow him. He will take care of your sins. He'll transform your heart and your desires will become his desires. If you're a believer and you've had some trouble with temptations in your life and you're just like, man, I, I, I don't know how to get out of this mess. Turn to him, lay it down at his feet, be reminded that Christ has already freed you. And these are some applicable things you can do. You know, it's easy to say that you worship God when all it is is coming here on Wednesday or Sunday or any time you're involved in ministry. But when you feel tired, rest in God by praying, reading the Bible, singing, journaling, worship him when you're tired. When you have free time, worship God. That's your application right there. On your off time, when it's your time to chill and indulge in other things, now, get me, I'm not trying to be legalistic and say that you can't watch TV and you can't enjoy your food or take a nap. No, that's not what I'm saying. But there is a time when the Spirit is calling you and telling you, turn to me, worship me right now. 
If you're saying that you're good, I'm gonna end with this right here. If you're saying, nah, I'm good, like idols aren't a big deal. I've, I've, I'm worshiping him when I can. That fulfills me, that, that fills me up for the week. Let me ask you this. Does your worship end when you leave this building? And if it does, where is that worship going? Because it doesn't end. As a follower of Christ, it's an everyday thing. And we should be worshiping him in everything that we do and striving to be like him. That can be in your conversations. I challenge you, think about it. Your conversations, how many times does God come up in the conversation? Or is it about something else that has been taking the value in the place of God? Okay? So just know that you have Jesus if you're a follower of Christ and he set you free from these things. There is redemption in him. And if you don't know him, I plead with you, really, really I do, turn to him because those idols are not gonna last you. Even if it's you, because you've already proven to yourself that you fail and you make mistakes because we all do. If it's something else, if it's a person, they will fail you. If it's something, that will fail you. But God will never, ever, ever fail you. So turn to him. And you may ask, well, what do I do? It's by grace, undeserving love. It's nothing that you do. It's all that he does. So just lay it down at his feet. Turn to him. Give your idols to him and worship God. Lord, we thank you so much for allowing us to to worship you, to read your word, to spend time in fellowship. We ask you to just break down those walls, Lord. And if there's these idols in our life that we're wanting to push down so no one will see, please, Bring them out, expose them, call us to you, convict us, call our name and remind us that you are the one true, worthy, all-powerful, holy God that we need to turn to and give everything to. Don't allow us to be like the rich young man that wasn't willing to give his possessions up, but please call us forward and Bring us to our knees and worship and worshiping you, Lord. We love you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I want to ask you to just, uh, right where you're sitting, to just take that piece of paper you have. And some of you, I can tell, we're really taking notes and listening tonight. And, you know, I just, I want to ask you to do this. If there is something in your life, if there is an idol in your life, something that you have been loving more than loving God, I want to encourage you to just write that down on your paper. Just fold it up, put it in your pocket, take it home. And then here's what I want to do. Uh, Thomas is just going to play a little bit of music for us. We're not going to sing or anything like that. But here is what we, what we do front of God, we may have been bowing down before a lot of other things in our lives and making other things God. And God says, bow down before me, bow down before me.
right? So some of y'all might think this is it's just airplane. Some of y'all might think this is really weird. But as Thomas plays, I'm going to ask you to join me. Totally optional. If you think it's weird, you don't have to. What I'm going to ask you to do is to actually, right where you're at in your seats and stuff, to like actually bow down. And you can like use your chair and you can kneel on your chair if you want like that. I'm going to ask you to just tell God, God, I want to live every day loving you the most. I want to live every day worshiping you the most. Totally optional. You don't have to do it. It may be too weird for you. You may be too worried about what others think about you, people think about you to do this. But I bet there's going to be at least a few of us in here that today say, I don't care what people think about me. I just want to bow before God and say, God, Today, I love you the most. Help me to love you the most every day that passes. It's such a simple prayer. There's nothing to it. I love you the most. Help me to love you the most every day that passes. In two, three minutes, nobody will think anything bad about you if you do. If you're not comfortable doing this, you're too cool for school, that's okay too. Nobody will think bad about you for that either, all right? This time is yours pray and to worship God like that. come before you today and we want to tell you God that 
we we love you more than everything and we love you more than life itself and we want to come before you God today and we want to ask you to forgive us when we put idols before you when we love other things more than you when we focus on our problems more than you when we focus on our anxiousness more than you when we focus on our fear more than you God when we focus on petty unimportant things more than you God when we like the feeling of being liked on social media more than that you love us God we confess that idol of pride and selfishness we confess idols God that deal with sexual sin we confess idols of lust we confess idols of anger we confess idols of guilt and shame and we come before you God and we say that we love you more than all of these and we want all of these idols to die Lord before you smash these idols for us at the end of our lives when we will face your judgment we come before you saying that we choose we want to see these idols smashed that we would walk with you God that we would know your forgiveness that we would know your love that we would know your grace that we would know what mercy is like that we would know what it's like to live every day free from being guilty and feeling shame and fear God we want to live like that now we want to live like that now for you every day that passes but these idols have gone in our way and we confess them to you and we lay them down we come before you today God knowing and saying that Jesus is better we're tired God of being distracted by the things in this world that don't really matter they're not the most important things and yet we have made them our crummy little God and we're sorry so God as we confess these idols to you God will you help us to pick up our head and know that we are forgiven that we can walk in your grace that shame can be done and now we can walk in freedom freedom to love you the most every day that passes God when our week goes by and we start to try to bring these crummy little idols back would you remind us again God how much greater you are than all of these things I pray God that from this room right here that there would be a movement of God so powerful that it would impact high schools and the community around us that people would know this group right here as people who truly genuinely love God with all their hearts not perfect but loving God with all the love that they have so thank you once again God for today you're good we needed this word. Lord, help us to walk in this freedom now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Y'all can sit down. And I want you to look at me, okay, y'all? I want you to pay attention, okay? Listen to this. This right here is definitely, without a doubt, this is such a God moment. And you guys need to just, like, write down on your paper. You need to, like, put it in your notes on your phone or somewhere. Today's date. I just want you to remember, this is such a God moment right now, and it's a great way to start your year knowing that God is moving around you. God is doing something great around you. 
And I'm not going to preach a sermon after this sermon, but I don't want you to just let this moment right here, this day, just I want this shouldn't just fly over your head with you just not even realizing that this is such a special God moment that when young people like yourself are loving God, the great and powerful things are going to happen here and beyond this place in the community where you go to school and the places that you do life, that something powerful is going to happen. That if we're a group, we're, we're doing this series called Wired for Worship, a series on loving God, because what we want to see happen is uh, it, we want to see people, young people, just loving God with all of their being, with every fiber of who they are, loving God more than anything else around them. And we're bringing you this series. We're doing this because we sincerely believe that there's like cobwebs that need to go away. There's some parts of our lives that need to go away. There's, there's a there's God that God needs to do, is going to do something, needs to do something. And, you know, I thought that maybe this moment would come like maybe in March or just somewhere further from today. But this just goes to show that when we just do the really simple thing of saying, God, I love you, and I love you more than all the other stuff around me in my life, that God moves, and he hears us, and he responds. And so don't miss this moment today, because it is powerful, and it's just the beginning. We're going to continue to worship God every Wednesday that we're here. Now, let me just challenge you with this sermon after Josh's sermon, which is not good, because we shouldn't do that, because Josh, he said exactly what God wanted us to hear. Between now and next Wednesday when we gather for worship again, okay? You have to worship every day in between, okay? Now, that doesn't necessarily mean you got to go sit in your room and turn on some cool lights and listen to some music. I mean, music might help. What I mean is just simply this, is that from now until next Wednesday when we come here to worship, you have to love God every day that passes. Love Him love him first love him first and those of you who are free in Christ he gives you all that you need to love him you don't have to fabricate it It isn't a fake love it's not like you have to sit there and go I'm really gonna try to make myself love God today it doesn't work like that when you're free from sin when you're forgiven when you know that he loves you guess what happens love just comes out of you worship comes out of you so that's why my challenge for you is that when you come in next week, that you come into this place, say, man, I've been loving God and worshiping him all week long. I'm ready for next Wednesday night. All right? Cool. All right. One announcement. You're going to go to see group time. It's right here. One weekend. It's almost here. It's time to register. Registration is already open. Your first deadline is going to come up really fast. Your first deadline is February the 16th, which is not too far away. If you don't have a card, you didn't get one last week, they're on the table right here, the check-in desk. So just swing by there and pick up one of these cards. It's going to be a great thing. Now, I want you to go enjoy your C group time. If you're new here and don't know where to go, we will help you know where to go for C group time. We'll help you find a group tonight. And, a, and our group time right now is just a way for you to meet some people. We don't want you to leave. If you're new, we don't want you to leave here and say, like, nobody talked to me. Nobody was friendly to me. Nobody said a word to me. So this is what our group times are about, all right? So if you're new here, we want to help you find a group tonight, all right? Okay, guys, enjoy group time. We'll see you later. Bye.